Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving your kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and most definitely messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. This is a killer conversation with my new friend, J.M. Ryerson. He talks about his new book he just put out called Let's Go Win. You can get it on Amazon. It's a great read, really well put together, the structure, the flow. It is so encouraging. And if you could apply 10% of it to your life, you will feel a life change. So definitely pick that up. But you're going to hear in listening to this conversation, just his intentionality, his vulnerability towards life, towards making sure that all those around you, all those put in your care as a father and as a leader, that you are lifting them up, teaching them and helping them to live their best life and really being outwardly focused. And that is what the whole rebel and create fatherhood mindset is all about is getting out of your own head, realizing your role. And with every opportunity you've been given, go bring life through your words and actions. So you're going to dig this conversation. Thank you for listening. If you like it, please share it. Please go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, so you can kind of stay in tune with what's going on. And if you'd be so inclined, take a moment, rate the podcast and write a review. It really helps to put this at the top of the list so that more dads who have found themselves on the adventure of fatherhood will find it, listen to it and be engaged in tune like you and I are. Thanks and enjoy this conversation around fatherhood. All right, here we are in J.M. Ryerson's office. How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. How you doing, man? Thanks good. for having me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we're sitting in your home office, and we just met 30 minutes ago. Uh, we were introduced by a mutual friend, Taro, over at Makuni. Mm-hmm. Super good sushi. Amazing sushi. That guy, he just gets it, man. You, you, we were just talking about fun. He has a good time. He puts out amazing product. So yeah, I love it. I've known him a long time. That's cool. Yeah, he is a he is a fun guy. From the way that he carries himself to the way he dresses, he's just he's there to have fun. Yeah, he's he is authentic, man. You know the way he does his hair, the way he dresses. Yeah, truly, you want to talk about being yourself and being comfortable in your own skin. He he's just got it nailed. Yeah, that's so good. Um, well, right on. I'm looking forward to talking about fatherhood with you today and to help people get to know you a little bit more. I'm just going to ask you a few questions and then we'll kind of jump into some, some fatherhood content. How old are you? I am 41. 41. And how long have you been married? 15 years this year. Duh. Yeah. This year we're on our 15th. I can't believe it. Congratulations. That's Thank awesome. You. Appreciate it. That's a long time, man. Like when you think about, okay, we've been married for almost, you know, half the amount of time you've been alive. It is crazy. Yeah. You know, I'm blessed. Both, both my grandparents were married over 60 years. My folks are working on 40 some odd, my, my in-laws. So I guess we come by it naturally, but as you know, it's marriage is not easy. It's the one misnomer. I would say, you know, you got to put work into it. It is a lot of work, but it's worth it. Oh, every day. I can't imagine not. Yeah. I wouldn't be the man I am today without her. So uh, she is, she's, and a special lady. Yeah, that's cool. And I like, you know, we say comments like that. I wouldn't be the man I am today. But if we really think about it and the way you're actually talking about it is you've allowed that relationship to help shape who you are. You know, we both in a marriage, you know, it's like 
If you allow it to cut the sharp edges off, it does that if you allow it to and not just get pissed and bitter about whatever it is, you know? Well, and you think about it, you get married, or at least I did in my Mm mid-20s, your formidable years, you're going to change and you're going to evolve and it's like you need to be willing to allow that person to grow and change and accept them for exactly who they are and embrace it. So. Again, I my, the thing about watching your parents and grandparents be together that long, it looks easy. And that's the one thing I'm like, Mom, Dad, this is not. Yeah. But uh, I love every day of it. That's so. cool. And you guys have kids? We have two boys, man, 13 and 10. TJ and Trey, they're amazing. You know, they are my inspiration. Yeah, that's so rad, man. So fun. And then what do you do for a living to provide for the family? Yeah, so I've been in the financial services for a long time. Uh, this is my third company that I've built with other business partners along the way. And I'm the chief leadership officer of Appreciation Financial. And then we recently la- uh, launched Let's Go Win. And that's all about helping people live their best lives. So uh, wearing two hats, but you know, a lot of what I do on the financial services side, uh, you know, somebody told me you need to share that with the rest of the world. So that hence the book and and yeah. launching the company. Rad. Yeah. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is is the book and some of the meaning behind the book. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, a couple other things. What has been the best resource to you as a father? So you've already mentioned twice, you know, grandparents and parents. So it sounds like you've got good resource there. Um, has there been other things that either when you first started having kids or toddlers and now they're, they're joining middle school? Like what has been good help for you? I mean, I like I said, man, having my my dad, my folks. I can't just say my dad because it was definitely a team effort, yeah. and uh, and watching my grandparents. But you know, I'm a big reader, so I, okay. I, I, you know, nothing specific to fatherhood per se, but some of the habit books out there, and just you know, I I love to read. I love to share knowledge and information. So I I definitely have to give a lot of those authors credit. But if you you know gun to my head, the only answer it's one hundred percent my folks, man. They're mm. they're amazing people, and 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 both sets of my grandparents. I was very close with with both. Mm, that's awesome. So you dropped this word, and maybe you could expand upon it for a minute. But you said you read a lot, you read books, and you said this word habits. So you've clearly, and you know, as we talk about your book, you've clearly spent time considering your habits. Why is that important as a dad? If you're just going to focus on that one area of your life. Well, I mean, ultimately habits run you every single day. And if you're not really cognizant of what's happening and trying to be your best version, you know, we all have bad habits and or we have good habits, right? But what you really want to do is make a routine out of great habits so you can show up as the best dad. So for instance, if you're running hard, like you're operating two companies, man, you have five kids that is, you could easily put your feet up on the couch and and mail it in and everyone would say, I get it, man, right. you're tired. But your habits are the ones that, you know, get you to the gym so you live a longer, uh, more healthy life that, that you can show up with the energy so that in that present moment when we are with our kids, we're given everything we got and not doing, you know, work on our phone while we're hanging out with the kids. So, I, that's the habits that I'm talking about. And it's so easy this day and age with those phones, man, where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. No, you're not. You're, yeah. you're not even 50% there. Right. And so that's one of my biggest habits is being present in the now because it doesn't matter about the past and the future doesn't matter at all, in my opinion, either. 
if I have a great moment in the present, so whether like with you, I'm going to give you everything I have yeah. right now and you're, you're, you're everything to me right now in the audience. Right. But when my kids come home, they're going to be everything. And so that's one of the things about a habit is making sure that once you do it and you continue to be aware of, you know, how do I want to show up? Then you can create those positive habits. How much control do you think somebody has over their habits? That's a good question, man. I've never really considered that. I think we have more control over it than we think. And that's like an identity shift. So Atomic Habits is a good, uh, easier read. Uh, The Power of Habit is another uh, by Charles Duhigg. That's amazing. But I think we have more control than we give ourselves credit for. But a lot of times people live in this identity like, uh, I'm in great, I'm, I'm an athlete because you grew up an athlete. Well, maybe you, you're not a reader. Well, if you keep saying you're not a reader, you'll never be a reader. Exactly. Oh my gosh. And that's a, it's like you look around and I feel like people have so much potential and then they go, well, well, you're just a morning person or you just, you have something I don't not true. And you pointed at this beautiful thing is it's identity. Like you spun it positive. Like I'm an athlete. Okay. So you perceive yourself as an athlete, even though maybe now you don't actually take care of your body. But when people are like, well, I'm not a reader. Okay. So you did point to that. It's like, okay, you're saying you're not a reader. Go become what you want to become. That's exactly it. And it's a choice. It's a choice. And I'm not saying it's easy. And maybe it is easier for some than others. But dads, you guys have freaking control of your life. And even if you're like, well, my work schedule is really hard or this or that, 100%. I get that. But what are the things that matter to you? You could still carve them out. Or even the the little routines, the little habits, how you wake your kids up, how you have breakfast with them, how you get them dressed in the morning. Like think about those things that are going to happen anyways. How are you present, like you just said, in those moments? Because you could make waking your kid up the best freaking five minutes of your day. If you just choose to make that a habit, you know, I'm going to wake them up tickling them or laughing with them or doing something silly, you know, like for a while recently, my kids were having a hard time getting out of bed. So I would go into my son's room and grab him out of bed and I would run him outside and I'd set him on the driveway and I'd run and I'd lock the door. Like so dumb, right? But he's 10 and it was just fun. And that was just something we did for a while That was a stupid morning routine that took literally one minute. But you know what? It's not stupid. That is the stuff that they are going to remember. And so, for instance, when I put my I put my kids to bed every evening that I'm home. And even if I'm on the road since they were babies before they could talk, Mm. they have the same habit that I formed that I ask them every night. Are you a leader? And then they have to recite that Mm. back to me. And now if I don't do it, my son's 13. So we're in the teenage years. He still is like, hey, dad, are you coming up? And so it's, yeah, buddy, are you a leader? And he's got to recite back. Confident, strong, intelligent, athletic, good-looking, dynamic, popular, talented, independent boy with a growth mindset. That has been ingrained in them since, so TJ's 13, 13 years. So the same, has it shaped, changed at all? Not one bit. So tell us about that. I mean, positive affirmations, again, trying to create the, in my sons and and I want them to think of themselves as as amazing as I see them right and so you look the world is going to throw a lot of adversity at you and and it's going to beat you down and people are going to tell you what you cannot do not Mm -hmm. what you can do what you can't do I want my kids to know you are a leader and these are the 
attributes that I truly believe that you, you know, you embody. And so you can actually create that by saying these things. And now they are creating this identity for themselves. And so anyway, it just started. And when TJ was a baby and, and Trey, my, my youngest man, he's got this crazy memory. He was reciting this at like one year old and wow. I mean, he had it just locked down. So that's a habit yep. that we do. And it's just something that they don't really go to bed right if we don't do it. So anyway, it's a good last thing to hear and hear yourself say right before bed. Can you say what the words are again? Sure. Confident, strong, intelligent, athletic, good looking, dynamic, popular, talented, independent boy with a growth mindset. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I think too, you know, it's part of our Instagram world, which I love Instagram. It's cool. It's fun. Like, I think sometimes if, if people are listening to this right now, they go, oh, that's, you know, we, we almost go to a negative connotation with that to go, well, I don't want my kid just to think that they're so awesome and this and that you're hearing it wrong. You're hearing it wrong. You as a parent, you as a father, you have an opportunity to speak life into your kid. Like this is a life speaking moment. This isn't, you're trying to look like a better neighbor. You're not, you know, then you don't want your kids looking better than the neighbor's kids for the sake of we're better than you. You're creating men who are intentional servants and realize that if I'm a leader, I have an enormous responsibility But if I don't know that I'm that guy, I'm not going to be able to serve and take care of this world that we desperately need leaders, especially male leaders. Yeah, brother, I can't tell you. I don't mean to cut you off, but I can't tell you how many people I have shared that with. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, my gosh, can I use it? Absolutely. This is there's no patent here. And if there was, I would share it anyway, because this is just something that was created that my kids have just they they glommed onto it and yeah. and so I agree with you man. Just, have you ever had anybody be negative about it? Sure, I think people have uh, cuz I think you know popular or good looking they're like why are those in there? I'm like because they're going to be told they're not at some point and I want them to know that you you are to me and you yeah. you know and I hope you are to yourself. And so all those, you know, growing up is tough, it's, man. Yeah, it's for sure. There's, there's kids that can be, you know, kind of mean. And so I want my kiddos to know, like, no, I'm good. And and it's funny. My my oldest, uh, he did something the other day. He came home from school. I was like, how's school, bud? And he's like, oh, it's good. I said, uh, well, how did gym class go? Good. I, I, I was called a try hard. And I was like, oh, okay. What does that mean? He goes, literally, I try hard. And I'm like. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. He goes, that's what I said. And so uh, it was just cool, man. He yeah, didn't he care. owned it. Yeah, he's like, he's like yeah. yeah, that's who I am. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what's up because, and I think that's to the Instagram world. Like, and, and middle school is tough, man, because you, you're almost being told if you're not at home who you're supposed to be. And I think that's a really formative years where you end up holding yourself back in life. Like you've said a couple times we've been talking, maybe before we were recording, but what's hardwired in your mind And so how silly that we would show up to something like PE class or my job 15 years later and not want to try too hard because we don't want to stand out. How ridiculous is that? It's crazy. But as, and I love the podcast of what we do as dads because it it does shape them for sure. Mm -hmm. But peers do as well. So I, you know, and, and I hope my kiddos choose the, the right peers to be around but if there is that negative influence, I want them to know who they are. Yep. And that hardwired, that word, man, from zero to five years old, 80% of our hardwires, things that our habits will be formed of, 
are created before we ever have a long-term memory. That's why therapy has such an amazing thing. It's not that our parents or your their parents weren't trying their best. They were trying their best at the time, but mm. there's some negative things that that get created in our hardwires. And so this was one of those trying to make it a positive hardwire for them to know you are these incredible things. And, and uh, so hopefully they pass it on to their kids because they seem to enjoy it still today. Yeah, man, I love it. That's super good. That's uh, that's great right there. Um, okay, so the, the podcast is called Fatherhood Field Notes. Every dad has a story. Every dad has stuff that they could open up their life and share. I mean, you've already shared a few things. And so Fatherhood Field Notes, you know, we don't have those two-week hunts anymore where we sit around the fire every night and, and learn from those older than us and pass that down to those younger than us. I mean, you really got to be intentional about that. And the hope with the podcast is that we're able to share our life with other men whether they're running right now, working out right now, driving to work, whatever, and they can gain from your life. Um, and the theme is rebel and create. It's been a theme for me for quite some time, and and it could be applied to a lot of things in life. But but the over the overall idea is that I want to rebel, especially as a man. Like I want to be a warrior. I want to fight against something. So I want to rebel against something, and it could be a status quo in my life. It could be an expectation I put on myself or the world put on me. But then not just to fight to be rebellious but then create something out of that. Create the life that I want, create the habits that I want, create um, the family and the man that I desire to be because I think we all have control of that. So what is something that you are currently rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that? Yeah, man, self-limiting beliefs is immediately what comes to mind. I watch so many talented people that have just bought into the fact that they can only do so much. And so I, the word is transcend. And that's mm. that's literally chapter 12 of my book. There's a reason I ended it that way because I want people to live their most authentic and and just best life and not allow the world to tell them what they can't do, but, you know, believe in who you are. And, and you and I were talking about the people you surround yourself that, you know, Tony Robbins is known for the five people that surround you are a direct reflection of you, mm-hmm. man. I've, I've done that several times through my life where I look in the mirror and I say, am I proud of what I, what that reflection is? And, and unfortunately sometimes it's no, and that's okay. Right. It doesn't make them bad people, but where you're trying to go, your trajectory you know, if you really want to transcend, you do have to look at at your surroundings and your peers and say, are they supporting me or are they bringing me down? So 100% what I'm trying to create, brother, is people to live their best lives so that there's just more happiness. There's love. Who doesn't? You even said the word fun. I 100%. It's actually uh, in both of my companies, it's a value, which is yeah. fun because who wants to live a boring life, man? We're not right. here that long. Let's give it everything we got and have a great time doing it. I love it. I love it. So rebelling against kind of not having a growth mindset and then creating a fun, intentional life. So let me ask you this. There's so much going around, I think, with like, do what makes you happy. Do you, is what you're talking about more about what people do for their work or is it more perception towards life in general? It doesn't matter what you do as much. Yeah, it's that whole idea of do what makes you happy. I know people struggle with it because I struggled with it. And taking that deep dive and really... So you talked about journaling and you actually handed me your journal. Mm-hmm. That is awesome because 
I believe in learn, apply, and reflect. So you learn something, then you go apply it and you reflect on how did that feel? Was it good? Was it authentic? I think if people do that deep dive, and again, I'm a huge proponent of meditation, man. It's It's been important to my life and it continues to be, but that's just so you can quiet your mind for that 5, 10, 20 hour, however long you go to really find what you do find uh, is your passion in this world and what you enjoy doing. When you figure that out, that's when people can really give their best and give their all to to that. So I I guess I am speaking both in terms of uh, work, right? You want to be happy because we spend a lot of our life at work, right? (laughs) Um, But certainly fun too, man. And, and, And doing things outside, I see so many people that just go do something because their friends do. I'm like, well, do you actually enjoy it? Well, no. Why then? That they'll still be your buddies afterwards. Like, right. go do something that you really enjoy. So, I think people just need to spend more time, slow down, reflect on it, journal a little bit, and figure out what you what really does matter to you. Yeah, that's really good. And the reason I push on that is I think sometimes when people start to hear this, they go, "Oh, well, I'm I'm stuck at this job," or they think, "Okay, I need to find the right job that's going to make me happy." And I think that we, especially as dudes, spend too much time pursuing that versus realizing the potential we have that a lot of the the feelings that I want to hit on of being respected, being loved, being honored, making leaving a mark on this earth, all those kinds of things, those can all happen in my home. Like I don't have to find all the fulfilling things from my job. It's so much easier to talk about my job and this is what I do at work because, and you said it, we spend a lot of time there, right? I mean, if you spend 40 hours and then possibly another eight hours driving, I mean, that's, that's 48 hours a week, possibly it's a lot. Um, but I think if we spend less focus on the time aspect and the intentionality with the time, we could get a lot of the things that we need to feel fulfilled from the time we have at home if we're engaged in it. I do think it's both, but the reality is, is we do need certain jobs. You know, we need UPS driver. We need a manager of Costco. We need, you know, all these jobs. And I think those dads, humans have just as much potential to have this fulfilling life. Uh, if they're not just comparing to other jobs versus who can I be at home? Well, and uh, man, so the UPS guy, that, that could be the most fun job ever. Maybe they, yeah, I love my UPS love guy. Yeah. He's so rad. And he probably is having a great time taking pride in his work, mm-hmm. right? And doing something that they love. I guess what I would say is like, so when you give it your all at that, because when, when we're in our deathbed someday and our kids are looking back, they're not going to remember what you did for a living. I promise you as a dad. They're going to remember how you made them feel and Mm -hmm. how were you showing up when you were at home. So again, I'm not suggesting go out and quit your job, but if you're miserable, maybe it's something to take a look at for sure. because you're bringing that baggage home through Mm -hmm. the door, your kids and your wife and you know, everyone surrounding you, they don't need that. So find something that at least you can really buy into and and give it your all because that does show up at home uh, uh, 100%. Yeah, I agree. And I think the reason why I bring it up too is I love the meditation stuff, the habits, all this. There's so much content right now about this. Almost like how can I be my best self? How can I be elite in whatever? And I think if we shift our mind, which clearly you're doing, is don't just do that for a job. 
to be the best at your job, but do that to be the best at your home, which is going to be so freaking rewarding. Yeah, they deserve it, man. I oh, mean, yeah. and you're you deserve it. You deserve mm. to live a fulfilling life that is fun because when you feel that way, it is going to show up everywhere else. So, yeah, whether it's meditation or hiking or whatever you're into, it doesn't matter. Find that and and actually there's there's 10 things that I have people do that they, you know, I have them check out, right? It's actually I think in chapter 2 and it's like you know, if you're off in your spirituality or you're off in your energy or your health, yeah, brother, right there. So those 10 items, if you figure that out, if one of those is way low, if you on a scale of one to 10, so if, if 10 is the highest and you're scoring a three in your health, you can't show up well at work or at home or in your intimate relationships. That's what we got to go put focus on. And so anyway, I just found that it's, and that's not me, man. That's going back Zig Ziglar and those guys. It's like the wheel of life. Yeah. You know, making sure that because it's all cyclical and uh, it's a circle. So. Yeah. And if we just focus in on one area, if we're feeling bad in the other areas and we just focus in on one, that wheel's still not going to spin very well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. These 10 things. So it's like, if you're listening to this, how are you in these areas? Your spirituality, your health, your significant other, your family, your friends, mission, That's a good one. What's your mission, your finances, your energy, your emotions, and your adventure, which I think that adventure one's a killer one too, especially, I mean, parents, you know, this is a fatherhood podcast, so mom's got a lot of stuff for us to talk about dads, but (laughs) (laughs) are you doing anything fun for yourself? Like, dude, somebody shared with me recently that so many dads, men, husbands, their primary friends are their wife's friends, husbands. Go out and get your own freaking friends. Well, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. But dude, you need some of your own adventure in your life. I hear guys all the time say, I can't go because I'm too busy. I'm like, brother, you have to go or you can't show up the way you want to. You will die mentally. A hundred percent. And that's where, again, I think early in our marriage, that wasn't that way where Lisa's like, no, dude, we have young kids. Like you need to be here. It's work, home. And I think a lot of people get in that. It's no, man, go do that. So you fill that bucket. So when you come back home, you're not building resentment or wanting to do something else. You're ready to be home 100%. Yeah. And be aware if you're married, if your wife, the mother of your kids, be aware that you're not just out doing something. Make it okay for her to go be like, you need to go out for have a girl's weekend. You need to go have dinner with your friends because then she'll show up more stoked to be a mom and your partner, you know, and that's a big one where I think we can get caught up as dudes like, Oh, I need to go have a beer after work with my buddies. And like you said, there's these hard wires in us that the mom is supposed to just be a mom. And, and a lot of moms probably feel that way. And that's, I think our job to show them, Hey, we're a team in this. I need some time away, but you do too. And don't feel bad about it just because other moms might not do that. No, brother, you that's said healthy. You said team, and that's so true. Like we are a team in this. I need you to go out. Uh, you know, my wife. I need you to go out with your girls. Yeah, go have a girls' weekend. It's so important. Yep, I got this at home. Yep, it's not going to look the way you want it to. And I tell my wife all the time, <laughs> look, you're going to come home, and the house is not going to look the way you want it to. I have one job. My job is to make sure the kids are alive. <laughs> yeah. Period. Yeah. Point blank. Yeah. Look, if we do some of these other things, dress them appropriately and eat, you know, not crappy food, great. 
But look, I got this. Go enjoy. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. That's so good. Oh, it's so good. And if we could just, if we focused on that one thing, life would be better. Life would feel better if marriages and parents did that. I mean, the world would look different. And that's simple to do. It's just changing your expectations up a little bit from yourself and for your spouse. Do this good. All right. So we've been talking about the book. Um, Taro, our mutual friend, which you mentioned, I saw him at the airport and he's like, you got to meet my friend JM. He wrote a book because he's a dad. And so then I called you and this book is called Let's Go Win. You just put it out a month ago and it's the keys to living your best life. But the reason why, one of the main reasons you put it out, you told me was if you were to get hit by a bus tomorrow, you want your sons to basically have lessons that you've learned that they would have access to these tools, whether you were the one to be able to tell them or not. That's it, brother. I mean, I I look at it, you know, my folks taught me so many amazing lessons and I'm fortunate they're still here today so I can ask questions. Mm -hmm. But my grandparents, they're not. Other than I do have one surviving grandmother. She's 98 now. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, But for the most part, I I can't ask them the questions and so to me, I wanted not just that, but you know, my parents and grand, the, all the books and authors and mentors that I've had, so many lessons, I want them to know, like, here's these life philosophies. By the way, I don't live those every day, but when I do, my life is that much better when I do. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I want my kids to know, look, I'm going to screw up. I'm not going to do, but here's how my life could be better. So that was the inspiration for the book. And uh, it was funny because uh, my my youngest two years ago, because I always put my goals in the mirror and he goes, hey, daddy, how's the book going? And it had been up for three years to write the book. And I had to look at him just sheepishly like, man, I, I literally have a little of the intro and part of chapter one and it crushed me. Mm. And that day I was like, nope, it's getting done. He called me out on it. He, he said, you put this up there. I wasn't living the way I'm telling them to. And so that accountability part from my son, because we can let ourselves down all day long, but I cannot let my kids down, man. That's just not acceptable. And so when he called me out, I was like, all right, it's it's done. And so that was uh, two years ago. And the book was a process of, uh, you know, really about a year or so of really hardcore journaling, getting it organized. So anyway. Yeah. Well, it's definitely the flow is the flow is dope. It's I read it in a week. It's a, it's a quick read, but it's just like pack full of really good information. I mean, I underline the heck out of this thing. Um, and it's, it's just a lot of good wisdom. So as you said something, I, I want to ask a question before we get into some of the book. Why is it important to you that you'd want to know from your grandparents or your great grandparents? Well, I, I aspired to be, uh, both my grandfathers were incredible men, did some in, literally amazing things. In fact, in that drawer over there, my grandfather, his book that he wrote as he was really aging and he had a photographic memory. So fortunately he was able to recall a lot in his late eighties, but I looked up to those guys, man. And, and so what's his book about? It's his, it's basically his memoirs. Mm. It's all on his life. And he, I mean, you want to talk about a hard life growing up in Haver, Montana on a ranch. And I mean, he was a badass and ended up being a professor at Montana State. And and just he's really a neat man. And then my other grandfather, kind of similar, grew up in Montana, ended up going to the military 
and ended up being a U.S. district attorney and an FBI agent. I mean, they, they accomplished so many amazing things. And I know a lot of those stories, but I really wish that I knew more. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I had the foresight as a you know teenager or young kid to ask more questions because you know, success leaves clues and I want to know what they did. How did they overcome these things? How did they create this amazing, you know, legacy for my folks? So, uh, I, you know, sorry, man, I get talking about them. I get lost a little bit, but yeah, I, I, I think it's just so important because I think our generation, because of technology, we don't think we need anything from the 80 and 90 year olds. And we go put them in a community. We go put them in a home and, you know, I, I think I might have mentioned this on a podcast the other day, but I was at Verizon getting a new phone the other day, and I saw this old man walk in, and I saw the worker immediately go like, "Ugh," you know, like this idiot, which might be true about the phone, right. but is not true about life, and we miss out on, like, we need them, and this is we need them. You and I, thirties, forties, fifties, we need these people who have lived life through like way more difficult stuff than you and I have, but we don't have that mindset, nor do I think enough people have a growth mindset. So it's those two things. One, we need those people for wisdom. And two, dude, you're, we're 40 years old. We don't have it all figured out, you know, like, but we need to know that we don't have it all figured out. Yeah, man. If, I mean, just connecting with somebody like that, they shaped our world today, you know, right. through some of the different wars and things that they, <clears throat> they got us through. And it's like, no, take advantage, ask them some yep. questions because they are full of, inf- they've seen some crazy things. If you think about that man, he has seen, you know, uh, basic civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. He saw, us land on the moon. He saw, I mean, so many amazing things. It's You could learn so much just asking some questions. And yeah. you're right. I think because of the access to information, Google, oh, I can just Google that. No, ask him what it was like. Get yes. the emotional piece, that connection piece. And, you know, again, I, I did connect with my grandfathers a lot, but I'm so happy that I have his memoirs and I'm so happy my folks are around but I didn't want my kids to lose out on that. Yeah. If I do get, I don't know why it's always hit by a bus. I got to come up with another one. But <laughs> if I'm not here tomorrow, I just wanted them to know philosophies from, you know, it, that I, I believe in. Yeah, I love it. So have either of your boys read the book? Yeah, it's cool, cool thing that we're doing actually as a family. We read a chapter a night and here's what's cool about it. I was like, all right, I felt almost egotistical. We're reading my book, quote unquote. No, it was so like literally the beginning, there's a quote by Ray Kroc and both my kids, I said, do you know who that is? No. And it led to this long story just about who Ray Kroc is, you know, how he took McDonald's to what it is being Mm. a milkshake salesman. And my, my youngest son who is 100% wired to be an entrepreneur, but he, he was just so encapsulated in this, this, this man. And it was just one quote so just a quote so yeah man we're reading it together and it's cool to have them ask questions that isn't just typical dinner conversation where you're like well how was your day it's getting a little deeper and in getting into some you know philosophical talks about why is that why do you think that so it's it's been a neat experience that's right i wonder if as you did it i don't know you could make some kind of workbook that a parent could do with their kid because I think sometimes we think 
this is for later. This book is for later. No, this book is for 13-year-old. 13-year-old could read this book and apply this and start thinking this way now. I don't know. Yeah, it's good. It's a good idea. I I would just tell you if if anybody does get the book or any book for that matter, just do it. Start reading with them. And and there's a really cool uh, guy, and I don't know the story well enough, but down in in Chicago, he had taken all these kids that were behind in their reading, and he had them reading literally Shakespeare and like. And we're talking six, seven-year-olds doing this. Hmm. And it accelerated not only their reading, but the way they, they were developing their synapses and not to get way into the brain. But I think we we don't think our kids you know would be interested. They would if you're doing it with them. You know why? Because you're doing it with them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Reading, reading is huge to do with your kids. We, we've Usually when we go on an RV trip, we'll bring a book. But we'll read, you know, 20, 30 minutes a night and I'll get into a story and all five kids and me and my wife were sitting around and it's been incredible time together. And it's helped foster reading for them because reading was never, which is funny. My dad's a high school English teacher was, and I never was like super into reading. And now I just, I wish I was a faster, better reader. So I'm teaching myself, you know, so I'm not just wishing it. I read every day. Um, and my kids are too. So yeah, super good. So as you think about the book, are there any things that really stick out to you? I have some stuff underlined I'm going to ask you about, but from your mind, when you think, okay, man, I really, this is so valuable for my kids to learn and to know and to have, is there any like one or two things in here that really are important to you? Or is it kind of the whole thing together? I mean, there's two that immediately, uh, vulnerability. I, I want and that's my, your first chapter is vulnerability. First, yeah. Probably the most profound lesson I learned as an adult in, in the workforce as I built, you know, these companies is it was really, we, we grew and we won in the first company, but it was 60, 70 hours grind. Like we got there and then the, the third company has just been so much easier just being completely vulnerable. Uh, like I don't wear a suit and tie because that's just not who I am. I'm dressed the way I am today, same as I go to the office. And that's so that's one part about just being who you are and not wearing the mask. So that's that would be the probably the biggest one I want my kids to know. Don't wear any masks for anyone else. Be you and celebrate who you are. So how how do you teach a kid or yourself to be vulnerable where you might get hurt in life, right? Mm-hmm. I let them know they're going to get hurt. Uh, it, it's There are bad people in this world that if you do that, you're going to get hurt. However, there are so many more fulfilling things that are going to happen that will completely overwhelm any of those being hurt, right? And so that's what I teach them is like, there's some, there's some bad people out there and they may take advantage of you, but the other 90% of the people that you will now have this rewarding, fulfilling relationship with, it's so worth that one bad encounter or two or whatever small number it is to the being the amazing ones. Man, as you say it too, I think about our kids, I've got middle schoolers too, and you know, they'll come home and this, this one boy is a turd. Right. And so you go, okay, there's, let's just say a hundred kids in your class and there's this one kid and he sucks and he's the one making everybody feel like shit. And 
So we start acting different because of this one out of a hundred, but then we take that into our life where I go, I tell my kids, like when you get a job and stuff, it's not like that. There's not all the, if that guy's a turd at work, he's not going to last there. If you're working at a good company that's paying attention. Um, but interesting that we allow the one to maybe shape us and think, I don't want to be weak and feel this way, but vulnerability isn't weakness, which is something you talk about. Yeah, to me, being vulnerable is literally the strongest thing you can do because you are putting yourself 100% out there. You're saying, here's who I am. And again, hopefully it's it's all good, right? But the, you know, here's my flaws too. And, and I want you to know, I don't want to hide that. Man, we spend so much energy trying to look a certain way and right. not look a certain way. Right. It's like, bro, if you put all your energy to just being you, People will embrace that and love it. So that's what I really ha- ha- try and get across to my kids. So that vulnerability is not a weakness. That is a strength. And, and you'd asked me earlier, what do I rebel against and want to create? That's the second one. That would have been my number two answer. Mm. like, you know, I was taught boys don't cry. You know, some of the amazing lessons my dad did teach me that was not one that I would pass on, right? Like, no, dude, I cry. And by the way, it feels good to get that out instead right. of stuffing that down, building resentment and blowing. So I want my kids. It's not like, hey, go crying every day. No, it's like if you feel it, let it go. Right. And so, you know, being vulnerable, I think, is the greatest strength that anyone can have. Because, you know, I look at, you know, when you really, truly connect with somebody and you know that they're just being them, you're like, wow. There, that leaves an impression or somebody that's really polished and just gives you these really, but, but there's no, it's, it's surface level. You don't connect with them and you don't even remember them an hour from now. Right. So I guess what's the opposite of vulnerability? So if you're a dude, what's the opposite of vulnerability? I mean, you kind of said polished, you, you don't open up. You're not showing your true self, what you really think, maybe stuck in your ways. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, the opposite of vulnerability is just literally trying to act uh, as as someone else because mm. you think that's the way. And again, you said middle school, man, I, they are, it's rampant with these kids that are trying to fit in and look a certain way so they don't get picked on. And, and so when I hear about like, you know, my older boy TJ about somebody that's maybe different, I'll say, so do you celebrate that with him? Do you say like, hey, do you bring him in or do you shun him because he's different and that's weird? And he's like, no, dad, I I, I talk to him and he's he's really cool. And yeah. And so I feel like, you know, those people that are just able to be themselves that much earlier in life, it's amazing to see what they what they create and become. And so many people that have become successful, they were the weird kids quote unquote it's true huh yeah yeah that is true wild um okay another thing that i wanted to bring up because i think dads miss out on this there's this sentence and i do like to like if you have uh something that's important it's it's not in a big old paragraph it's really just kind of in the center of the page one sentence it says children and adults alike actually crave order and discipline so i think We've talked about that as our, as our self's habits and, and routine. Okay. So that could kind of go into order and discipline, but there's this weird place us men might find ourselves in as dads of either I'm this overarching patriarch. Everybody does it my way and everyone thinks you're a dick or there's this, whatever your mom says, 
right? Like how do we live in the middle? What's some suggestions you have around it's your role to set some order in your home. And that doesn't mean that it's your role over your spouse. It's with your spouse, but somebody's got to start. Yeah, man. So you said team earlier and that's, you know, whenever Lisa and I sit down, that's when it's like, all right, what is our game plan? And as a team, what role do I play? Mm -hmm. Now, my wife is very type A, bro. Like my kids were on a sleep schedule and she, that was her role. And there was, I was not going to over reach my bounds on that. It was like, I'm not going to fight it. That's cool. And by the way, our life has been really pleasant because of it. But as again, there are some decisions for the family that you don't make with the family, you make it for the family. Mm. And, and I think that's where you just use common sense where it's like, you know what you want? You, you, what do you want? What is your cultural values of your home? Mm. I don't know many families that have done that. And truth be told, it didn't, I didn't do it until I wrote the book. I was like, wow, I do it in all my, all my companies, but we don't have cultural values at the home. The minute we did that, because we have the values, it's like, hey, you acted this way. That's outside of this. Do you see how? And so that has made life so much easier as, as well. So I just think if you communicate with, with as a teammate, with your spouse or significant other, everybody kind of knows their role. And when, when dad does have to step up to be like, nope, this is what we're doing. This is a decision I'm making for the family. And then there's others that you make with the family. And that's just important to recognize, yeah. right? And by the way, you're going to screw it up. That's maybe not a decision you should have made for the family. That's maybe one you should have made with the family and may, had a discussion. But that's it's learning, right? We're all going to screw up. That's- but if you're living in that vulnerable state, then you're able to go back and, and own it. Totally. And say, hey, spouse, you know what? Wish I would have done it this way. Blah, 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 blah. And then it's not this weird, awkward thing because you're growing, they're growing and able to trust you because they're like, oh, okay, dad messed up. I could mess up and then I could come back and own it. You know, what if you created that culture with your kids? And I love how you said you got the values with the family. And some of us might go, oh, that's dumb. You know, I go into a business and there's the values on the wall and stuff. How much more important is your home? Like you're going to, you're going to be there forever. That's, you're the only one that those kids get to call dad. And hopefully, you know, if it works out, you're the only spouse this person's going to have. And doing something like, okay, well, our values are this, this, and this. Throw them on the fridge. Throw them in everybody's mirror. And then I like how you pointed to, here's why in your role as the 13-year-old, this is outside of this value. Can you see that? That sets a tone for discipline in such a different light than not knowing how dad's going to respond. We haven't set a tone. We haven't set culture. Super good. And I just think it's good for us to remember, like we do crave order and discipline. Yeah, man. I hate whenever I get, I'll catch myself saying, you do this because I told you, because I said so. Mm. And I'll be like, dang it. And we all do it, by the way. I, I mean, as a parent, we've all done it and we will continue to do that. And it's typically received poorly. But if you can get your wits about you and explain to them, because they're smart, man, these kids are really bright. Do you see why I'm? this is outside of that value? And just one last piece of that value, three, guys. Don't do more than three values, because I promise you I've done five, and you'll remember four. I've done six, I remembered five. Our brains have this thing, so if you truly do sit down and, and as a family choose your values, Three would be my my suggestion. (laughs) 
and how rad and maybe even how much would it catch your spouse off guard if or your kids if you sit down and say hey spouse let's talk about this let's have a cup of coffee what are our three values for our home versus whatever we normally do on a Wednesday night you know and then you sit your kids down at dinner and you say hey these are our values and this is why what do you guys think about it it's like how how cool is that and doesn't matter how much you make, doesn't matter how much time you have, anybody could do that. Yep. I agree, man. And those are the conversations that are so cool when you instead of just and that's not against watching TV. Look, we we watch TV yeah. too. But it's like when you do those things or you're playing that game and and you just you get to see their personalities shine through and you see them developing into these little beings and now adult you know pre-adults and and so anyway man it's it is a cool thing when you do that uh the last thing i'll end on if just so i don't give all the goodies away and people can get, get your book on amazon is you put this thing in here and it's it's towards the beginning to stop and ask yourself questions and i think some of us might be listening going man i i haven't even considered any of this but have you stopped and just asked yourself, what do you want to accomplish with, with, with just life? Like you owe it to yourself. This is your one life to ask yourself this question. So what made you put this in here and and what's, how's this important to you? This, what am I trying to accomplish question? Yeah, man, I I use this one a lot because I think, again, a lot of times we'll just go with the flow or we sign our kids up to play baseball because Mm. all the other kids did that. And and so now you're struggling with your child to get them to practice when you forgot to just ask the question, why do you want to play baseball? Well, I want to play because all my friends are there. Okay, now that you answered that, when the practice time comes and they're like, I don't want to go, it's like, let's re- re- go back to what you said. You want to be with your friends, right? That's what practice is. And so if we can continue to do that, to be like, why am I doing X? What do I want out of why? Like if you ask all of these questions, it's amazing how simple life becomes instead of just haphazardly doing this to there to there. And it's like, man, now you're an Uber driver and nothing against being an Uber driver if you're getting paid for it. But if you're just being an Uber driver to take people to all these activities because that's the status quo, ask some questions like, Mm. why am I doing this activity or why do my kids want to do that or why, you know, I just think asking those questions bring real clarity to what you want out of life. And I love it. And I think as people hear it, they're like, man, I don't even have time to ask myself questions. But if tomorrow you had a dentist appointment or your kid had a doctor's appointment, you would show up to it. You'd figure out a way to get there. This is your life. How much more important is this? Set a freaking appointment with yourself. Take a day off work, set a lunch appointment with yourself, go sit by a river, a lake, go sit at a coffee shop and sit down and open up some blank paper or your computer and ask yourself these questions. Yeah, brother. It's, it's, that is possible. A hundred percent it's possible. And it is so important to do that. And, and even like you said, maybe take an hour, maybe that is one of your me times is like, you know, dad's going to go to the gym and not just work out, but ponder some of these questions So, I mean, we have the time if we choose. If we choose. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, if we choose. Yeah, I'm like f- rebelling against the word busy. I hate that word. I'm trying to, I just answer with life is full, which is good, but I want to be full with the stuff I want. And life is full feels different than I'm busy with a bunch of crap I didn't put on my calendar. And it's hard. Hey, it's hard. I'm still rebelling against this and will always be. 
And that's the hard thing is saying no, you know, because once you answer that question, what do I want to accomplish? You're going to have to say no to stuff that other people haven't chosen to say no to, but then you're going to end up with what you want. And every time I, man, I didn't expect when you brought this up, but every time you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. So if you're yes, yes, yes. Now you're giving like 10% of yourself here and 10% there. That is quite literally, you're, you're not being fair to anybody in that situation. So you're being selfish by saying yes, yes, yes. Yep. No, say no. So you're not being selfish. And I'll tell you, man, that one is another one just to take a look at and say, why did I say yes to that? To appease somebody? Well, that means now I'm saying no to my kids or something far more important to me than the neighbor next door. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, but that's a habit you could create. That's it. But you just, you got to, like you said, you got to make a decision because there's a lot of times I'll say yes to something and then I'll go back and go, dang it, I wish I hadn't. So instead of looking like an idiot and then going and saying no, which sometimes I will is, okay, set yourself up so you know how you're going to respond when you're asked something. I need to check with this. I need to think about this. Like, don't feel like you got to make a decision right then and there. Um, Man, this is so good. I mean, we're at an hour and there's so much more we could talk about. Um, I'm going to just two things. One is as dads are listening to this, I think one, get this book, read the book, find things that are going to help you grow as a human. And this is a great tool. But the reason you wrote the book was that you realized you had knowledge to pass to your children and whoever you are, whatever you do, you, the listener right now, your kids need you. They don't need Ned. They don't need JM. They need you. You're their only dad. You have tremendous life and stories and value that they need to be taught by you. Now, whether you write that down or whether you just realize it and then take and be intentional with your time with your kids, your kids need to learn your lessons. And maybe you need to learn some of your family history too and share some of that. Like, I think that needs to be culturally brought back as valuable. Um, So just know that your role as a dad is so freaking important and your kids really, truly need you. So take the opportunity to teach them what you know. Um, So last question for you, JM. And this is a lot of it. But as you think about the legacy you're leaving, so you, you made the mention of legacy earlier about your grandparents leaving a legacy to your parents. What is the legacy that you will leave? And I normally ask this about your kids. We've kind of talked about that already. What's the legacy that you want to see as a 90-year-old in your grandkids or your great-grandkids? Man, I want to. I want people to say this. He gave it his all. He was just full of love. Um, he did share his knowledge because you asked like what I truly love to do. I love to read and share knowledge. Mm. And so the reason I like to do that is I like to improve in life and I like anyone I care about to, to, you know, which is anyone I'm spending time with. Like, I care about you. I want you to have a better life. So I want them to know that I, I was a hundred percent me and I gave everything I had to that present moment at all times that, that would be the legacy I would love to give. And it's what I strive for every single day. And by the way, I fail at all the time, you know, 
sitting with the kids and you were looking at your phone, you're like, nope, you got to put that down just like I did here, man. Like flip it over and give Ned everything I have. Um, but that's what I want to be remembered for is that I did give it. And then lastly, probably the most impactful thing my dad taught me is just do what you say you're going to do. Mm. I think it has just been so lost. Um, and it's not a generation thing. I'm not saying the millennials or anything that people, I just think somewhere along the line, people were afraid to say, you know, just do what they say they're going to do. Cause if they screw up, well, great. You screwed up. Say, I'm sorry. And don't let it happen again. I can hear my dad and my mom saying that over and over to me, never in a judgmental way, but just saying, Hey, you said you're going to do this, do it. You messed up. Say, I'm sorry. Don't let it happen again. And I hope my kids someday, I hope they they're saying the same thing with a Ned someday on a podcast and, and they're passing that along too. Cause that message I think has been lost and, and it's been so impactful for me in my personal and professional career. Man, I love it. Well, Jam, thank you for your time. Thank you for putting your heart and soul into a book. Like that's a lot of work, man. And I know that anybody who picks this up and reads it, uh, their life will be enriched if they just put 10% of it into practice and change their mental game up a bit. Uh, But even more than that is your intentionality for your kids, your intentionality for your wife and your, I mean, you, I hear it through your words. Like you're not just looking out for your immediate family. You want everybody around you to grow. You look at the world as totally abundant and that you don't just need to get your hands on as much as you can for your family, but you want to give as much away to the world around you and what a rich way to live. And um, I just value that so much. And and thank you for opening up your life and your field notes so that other dads could hear and keep doing what you're doing, uh, bringing life every day. Thank you, brother. It was awesome doing this. I could do it for hours more. I know, more, it's so fun. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Right on. Thanks. Well, there we go. Another killer conversation around fatherhood. I just love talking to dads who are so intentional and take their role really serious, but also enjoy life. And that's what I hope you and I take from this is that we will go be vulnerable and intentional with the life we live. I encourage you go over to Amazon, pick up a copy of Let's Go Win by JM. It is just so applicable and easy to read, but full of so much truth and nuggets that you could really apply immediately to your life and really just open your mind to a perspective to enjoy your life. So make sure to pick that up. I want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide and edge shout together. Let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. Talk to you next time.